Welcome in everybody to the Bourbon Buzzed and Ballin' Podcast, episode two on season two. And it's been a while, and I'm glad to be back into the flow of doing this podcast again. What you think? Yeah, yeah, we got a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, week one of the NFL, a lot of things happened. Some good, mm. some bad. Big uh, news on the NFL. Second week sure. of college football, so uh, lots to talk about. And of course, you know we like to start our show off with an opening toast. So, you want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go first. All mm-hmm. right. You mentioned, you know, week one of the NFL. And, of course, you know, unless you've, unless you've been dead for the last 24 hours, you, you, don't, <laughs> you don't know that Aaron Rodgers went down fourth play of the game last night. Uh, it was kind of hard to watch, um, kind of hard to watch all the, all the uh, sportscasters and, and the publications, broadcasters talk about it. Um, of course, it's been the only thing pretty much in conversation all day long. But uh, you know, I wanted to toast the Jets fans. Actually, I thought I thought I needed to lift their spirits up a little bit. I feel really. <laughs> well, they bad. did win. Well, yeah, they did win. I, they I did felt win. you know I felt really bad for them. You know, Jets fans have had probably one of the most exciting off seasons of note. Yeah, it did hard knocks. Hard knocks rolls in four plays. Four plays, man. 0 for 1 in his jet career. <laughs> yeah, wow. It was it was hard to watch, man. It was. I, I, you know, I was texting you immediately. I said, I think that's his Achilles. And they kept saying during the telecast, an ankle. They're taking him in for x-rays. I was like, that didn't, that didn't look like an ankle to me. You know, it seems like these Achilles injuries are happening a lot more frequently. It's like that's the new ACL. You know, you don't see as many blown ACLs. Now they're, now they're tearing their, uh, their Achilles. Yeah, there's been a lot of conversation today, you know, concerning, you know, the lack of preseason football now. And then, of course, turf field injuries, whether or not that played a role. Yeah. But, well, you know, that's a brand new field right. at MetLife Stadium. They just put it in this year. And, uh, of course, the Giants and Cowboys played on it the night before in a downpour. I, I know there was some tweaked hamstrings and stuff like that in that game, but no nah, there was no a lot serious of, injuries. A lot of hammy injuries across the whole NFL. You yeah, know. It, makes me, it makes you wonder, are these guys not taking care of their bodies? You know, an offensive tackle pulls his hammy. How's an offensive tackle <laughs> pull a hammy? I don't know. They don't typically have a whole lot of fast and, uh, twitch muscles. You know, right here down the road, the Panthers, uh, J.C. Horn. Oh, well, we'll and, talk about J.C. a little bit later. I mean, now you want to You want to wait till we get into the meat yeah, and potatoes no, they, talk yeah. about more injuries because there was a lot of them. That, you know, yeah, I got sure. some in my notes. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, no, I'm toasting the Jets fans, man. I, 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 I really like the Jets, and I've, I've, had, a, I've had a fun time this offseason, you know, with Aaron Rodgers coming over and, you know, he seemed like he and and he he looked like he was in the best shape of. Well, his you know, and all his teammates were saying he kind of renewed his love for the game, yeah. and he he he's been rejuvenated, and it really sucks for him. Yeah, uh, you well, know. I think it sucks for the whole sport, sports world. You know, I know. Well, not the Dolphins and the Bills. Yeah. <laughs> well, even Josh Allen looked like he it, to me his demeanor looked like it changed a little bit. You know. I, no, I thought just because he sucked in the game. <laughs> well, he did suck. <laughs> He did suck in the game. Uh, although he, him and him and Whitehead had a nice connection going on. Uh, Whitehead plays for the Jets, by the way. Yeah, yeah Whitehead. Whitehead <laughs> had more receptions. Three interceptions. Whitehead was the second leading receiver on the uh, <laughs> Buffalo Bills team at one point. I remember. Yeah. yeah. 
Anyway, Jets fans, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna toast to you guys. I feel for you. Um, your number two quarterback's garbage, so don't even <laughs> get behind him and hope. Because honestly, that that kid is uh, that has a big swing and a miss by the Jets on yeah, that one. Yeah. But I hope he does good. I know you came back and you, and you won the game. And hats off yeah, to you. I, hats off to your stud receiver that that made the play to. to they they went from in. they went from the betting favorite to win the division <laughs> to third to third. Well, yeah. tied tied for last with uh, the Patriots. Yeah, with the Patriots. now the Dolphins are first, the Bills are second. And of course, it's only been one week. Yeah, you know? one week. Overreact, overreact. I maybe maybe Wilson lives up to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did. He did get pick, to. He did get pick. to spend the summer uh, training camp with Rodgers, and, and right. you could see a little bit of. You know, he was trying to do the old Rodgers draw the other team off sides uh, cadence, and he was drawing his own team. He was. Early you know, on. they were they're used to Rodgers cadence, and then he tried to mimic it, but he couldn't quite get it. And yeah, it's going to be a. Yeah. You know that defense is still top three in the NFL, so they're going to still be in games. But some of those closer games, the tougher matches that Rodgers could have put them over the top on, we'll have to wait to see if Zach can do it. Yep. I don't know, but here's to you. Cheers. Cheers. J-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> oh, I need, I need a drink, don't I? Usually that's what you do when you toast somebody. <laughs> you sound like you're about to choke. <laughs> Speaking of toasts, my toast this week going to be to the winners of the U.S. Open. We don't talk a lot of tennis on this show, but when you, <laughs> when you can share your name up there with the GOAT, you've accomplished something. So Serena Williams has company now. She's, not, she's no longer the only teenager that's won right. the U.S. Open. Coco. Coco Goff won the U.S. Open at 19 years old. So she joins Serena as the only two American teenagers that have, that have accomplished that. So, good. yeah, and uh, she did it by beating the the new number one. You know, uh, she the the girl she beat uh, Ariana Sabalenka. <laughs> I had to look, look at, at my don't, notes. Don't look at me on that one. Uh, so she was number two, but she moved up to number one by getting to the finals, and uh, that's who uh, Coco beat. So now Coco's ranked three in the world, and she's actually ranked number one mm. in doubles. And then uh, Novak Djokovic, he actually separated himself from Serena by winning his 24th right. uh, Grand Slam title, and, and Serena's at, stuck at 23 right now. So, And he also became the, the number one ranked tennis player. So that's my toast to Coco and Novak. Congratulations on uh, great accomplishments, great careers. Good. Well, one great career towards the end of his, right. and one is up and coming. Up, up and coming. Well, so, it's a, you know, it's a it's a good toast, man. Just unfortunate that they decided to have the U.S. Open at the start of the football season. So <laughs> Nobody watched it. Didn't even, I didn't even know where this toast was coming from because <laughs> I was well, you know, sleeping I, on the tennis. Yeah, open. I. I you know, I had I had other people up there. I was thinking of toasting, but I tried to try to mix it up a little bit, go outside the box. He's trying to sound smart. He's trying to sound like he's Break, all about introduce, all introduce some other sports into the thing. Get some some new listeners. Well, they're not going to tune in for long with you pulling that. <laughs> that was a good toast. So anyway, Coco and Novak, cheers. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's roll into the fun one now. Yep. 
talk about some scumbags. Man. Some scumbags. You got any scumbag? I mean, I, I got do have a scumbag. I got, I, I'll let you go first again on this uh, one because because I'm also going to do kind of a PSA when I do my scumbag. I got a laundry list, man. <laughs> I got a laundry list. I'm just going to roll through the names. I'm not going to give you any deets. Should, you can, we, should we put the credits up <laughs> on the screen? You can fill in all the deets yourself. All right, I mean. spit them out. Let's talk Mel Tucker. Okay. Let's talk uh, Terry Pagula, the Bills owner. No story out on him today. You look stumped on that one. Yeah, I hadn't heard. Okay, well, some racist comments. Oh, I mean, okay. I'm not even going to address them. Okay. Um, the Rockets, uh, what's his name? Kevin Porter slapped, slapped the shit out of, his, <laughs> out of his girlfriend, allegedly. Allegedly. Um, NCAA or North Carolina, however you want to look at it. With with the uh, transfer portal issue with what's his name Devontae Walker, you know they're denying the NCAA is denying him and, and North Carolina's crying. Of course, on that one, coaches want a, a, a two transfer limit rule in place. The NCAA is enforcing it, mm -hmm. so now Mac Brown's crying about it. But the mm -hmm. NCAA is like, well, you asked me well, to enforce you know, these it, rules, and it and it depended on what day. The rule became effective, and what day you entered the portal? Yeah. And so this one, I think he was like a day late. Right, right. Uh, there's some so. there's some gray areas, but the you know we we talk bad about the NCA all the time. I mean, to be honest with you, the NCA is garbage. They don't nobody respects them anymore. We all know that. But still, they're upholding a rule that the coaches put in place to protect the coaches from dealing with crap. Right. And now they want to undo that. So that one. So that's just a, that's that's my laundry list. I mean, I didn't want to really dive too deep. Right. I mean, obviously Mel Tucker is has allegedly harassed a female. Um, well, there was also uh, some Alabama fans that were supposedly yeah, well, saying racist things to the Texas players because they were celebrating on the sideline. I don't know if you really call it racist. They made some some hateful remarks yeah, yeah. towards. It was it was viewed by. It was more of hate Texas comments parents, yeah. than it was racial comments. But I mean, it's still there's no place for it. No, they, they won fair and square. They well, I thought the Texas players handled it handled it with class. You know, they were yeah. just dancing, right? Dancing through the comments from the drunk fan base. Right. You know, and I thought the Texas players handled it really good because <laughs> they they didn't get mad. They nah, didn't yeah, fire they back. Did they just kept dancing. I thought that was like whatever. Keep saying what you want to say. You know, but. I mean, it's, it seems like anybody in the stands, and this goes for professional sports as well as collegiate sports. I mean, fans think they can say whatever they want right. to. Yeah, just because you bought a ticket doesn't give you the, right, give you the to, right to harass these players. Or and run on the field or exactly. throw beers or whatever. Just enjoy I the mean, game. I went to a Clemson-Miami game last year at Clemson, and I'm, ironically, I'm sitting behind Mario Cristobal's his brother. Mm-hmm and his brother's wife, and there's a, a Miami fan harassing Mario Cristobal, the head coach, just rude comments. And, and Mario's brother, what's his name? He played for your team, the Giants. Uh, I, don't I can't remember his name. Anyway, he, man, he handled it with class. Because this dude's like 6'7", yeah. 250 pounds. I mean, he's thin now. He's not a O lineman like he right. used to be. 
I mean, he handled it with class because I was I was ready to fight the fan because <laughs> what the stuff he was saying to Mario was just out of control. Yeah, that's he why he got I, escorted out. Yeah, that's why I, I've gotten to where I just prefer watching it here rather than going to the game and having to deal with because there's always going to be some some assholes that you got to deal with. Right, exactly. So, well, those that's that I knew I was a little vague. That, that was your my, laundry list. My of, laundry of scumbags. list, but I mean, the point being that I, you just take your pick because there's a. Enough of them out there. Yeah, your honorable mentions. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, so my scumbag of the week, HBO's got a documentary out right now called BS High. And it's the story of Bishop Sycamore High School, which Roy Johnson created this school to be like a football factory, was making all these promises to parents and players that, hey, I'm going to get you D1 scholarships, come play for me. He even suckered ESPN, scammed them into thinking he had a legit school and a legit team, and went on TV and played IMG Academy. Mm. And it, for the, I'm sure most of our listeners know who IMG is. That is truly a football factory. They got their asses stomped 58 to nothing. A lot of the players <laughs> got hurt. Because they did, shouldn't have been on the field with this other team. Some of their players weren't even high school eligible. They had aged out of what should have been in high school. Uh, so this guy was, you know, he was, he's just a con man, a scammer. He scammed the hotels out of basically free rooms. Mm. And then they would leave and not pay the bills. Hell, there's one story. He called up Walmart and ordered like 28 rotisserie chickens. And then, then never went to pick them up thinking he could go like a few hours later and they'd be on like discount half price and he'd buy them for half price. Oh, wow. um, so the students never went to school, never went to class. Of course, I don't want to give away too much of it because if you haven't watched this documentary, right. it's Spoiled. well worth watching. Um, one of the, his quarterback, uh, Trillian Harris, he got a scholarship to go play at Grambling. And, uh, as soon as they found out that this wasn't a real school and he didn't have a high school diploma, they pulled the scholarship. Hmm. So, I mean, he just left a trail of damage, of debt, of, of broken dreams, and shows no remorse whatsoever. Hmm. And, and intends on, now he feels like he has an avenue to get some more funding, some more money, and wants to come out <laughs> with another academy. So, and this is a little dated because most of this happened a couple of years ago, but there's never been any kind of repercussions, never been any mm -hmm. kind of punishment. Uh, but I highly recommend watching you watch the BS High, and I think it's hilarious that Bishop Sycamore Bishop just happened to be BS. BS. Uh, so watch <laughs> BS High; it's worth it. Uh, of course, it's gonna it's going to make you realize that, that Roy Johnson is truly a scumbag. Mm. But uh, So that's my scumbag of the week. And like I said, at the same time, I wanted to give a shout-out to this documentary that HBO put together because it's, mm. it's, it's very insightful, behind-the-scenes type of looks. You get players' perspectives, parents' perspectives, coaches' perspectives. So it's, it's, it's a good documentary. I, mm. Well worth watching. So, yeah, that's, that's my scumbag. I remember, I remember when the story came out. Yeah, when they played IMG and even because even the announcers are like, "What are these? What are these kids doing on this field with this team?" You know, I mean, it was just and then it was it was a joke. It was a joke. 
It could have been worse than than fifty eight to nothing if if IMG wanted to. So. Yeah, that's, Excellent. that's my scumbag. All right, well, that's a good scumbag. They're easy to find. <laughs> easy to find. Yep. Let's Unfortunately. roll Unfortunately. Right. Talk some current events. Well, before we do that, what you sipping on oh, tonight? I always forget that. We, yeah, we, we, we jumped. We were so anxious to give off our list of scumbags that... Uh, I'll, I'll bring it out. How about that? Good, good old standard, old granddad, bonded. It's good bourbon, man. This is a... Easily found on on probably any shelf mm -hmm. in any state. Cheap. Yep. Inexpensive. And uh, at Christmas time, I hear it makes a hell of a uh, eggnog. Hell of an eggnog. Yep. Old granddad. Well, it's kind of ironic. I went with a bottled and bond tonight myself. I went with the Heaven Hill bottled and bond. Nice. So uh, yeah, we 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 both went high proof. Which you know we're doing a whistle pig. Uh, we're gonna do the piggyback rye 100% rye tonight and uh it's it's 90 95 or 96 with a little with a little burn i'm sure 96.56 is the uh, uh proof on that so we're gonna be on some some pretty good high proof stuff all night long we're good so all right let's uh yeah, let's let's just jump on in. Let's talk some college. You yeah, that, yeah, I, I, some yeah, college? yeah. I kind of had the college first, and then then a little pro. But uh, I guess we we'll just jump right straight in, and we'll just take just, our just like Aaron Rodgers. Well, we'll we'll take our ass beating here in a minute. Oh, uh, okay. You know, like Aaron Rodgers has been the story of the NFL. Coach Prime continues to be the the story of college football. Absolutely. And uh, they did it again. And. Uh, He's getting a lot of love. Shador is getting a lot of love. Uh, Well-deserved. Travis I mean, Hunter. Travis Hunter is playing roughly 90% of the snaps, mm -hmm. both offensively and defensively. Yep. At that rate, uh, he's going to be setting some serious records for, obviously, for position play within each within each side of the ball. And, I mean, I don't see how you keep him out of New York if he continues to excel on both sides of the ball. But, yeah, 2-0. and Two and zero, but you know they and and probably gonna have probably a gonna be three and zero. Colorado probably, State and yeah. uh, you know game day is supposed to be there this week. It's it's a late game. Yeah, it's 10 like ten o'clock. So. Well, it's out on the West Coast. Yeah, you know, or in the mountain zone. So prime um, time for them. Yeah, so prime I mean, time for prime time. Prime time, man. <laughs> it, I mean, he's a draw for sure. I mean, he's exceptionally he's exceptional to watch and listen to. And you know, we've talked about it. And I'm a huge prime fan for sure. Three and zero, but then they roll into the meat of their lineup, you know, Oregon, yeah. USC. So I don't know, man. I'm I'm still I, worried about their size. I mean, I think, but you know, Oregon's never been a very sizable team either on the on the front. <laughs> so I can honestly, I I don't know. I haven't looked at the matchup yet, but man, I just Shadur is is such an accurate, smart quarterback yeah. that I don't know man I can see an upset coming in one of those two I don't know which one yet but I'm going to call an upset in one of those two Yeah, we'll see we'll see but if he comes out of Oregon and USC one and two <coughs> I mean that's obviously a, a huge step in the right direction and I mean if he if he can go if he can go to four and oh upsetting Oregon don't they play Oregon before I think, USC? Yeah, I think it's Oregon then so USC. So if he upsets Oregon at four and zero, 
you could be looking at them, you know, depending on how things go. I mean, they top, were two top they, ten teams. They were well, they'll jump. They'll jump some teams. I mean, the Buckeyes are going in the wrong direction. So I could see you. I could see Colorado maybe jumping in the top five <laughs> with an upset of Oregon. Because you know, I mean, the media loves them. Yeah, the media loves them, and everyone's everyone's jumping. They believe. Everybody believes now. I think, or they want to believe. Everybody right. wants to be a part of the prime train. So, I love it. I love it. Well, you know who almost did it again was App. Yeah. Oh, yeah. App almost pulled off the upset over North Carolina for the second year in a row. Right. They seem to have Mac Brown. They seem to have half his number. Yeah, Mac, Mac said after the game, you know, he's glad that that home and away is over and <laughs> you can have him in NC State next year because uh, he doesn't want to deal with them anymore because both times they went to – overtime multiple overtimes and uh, it was funny because I don't know if you saw the end of it but no, so right here with you so the uh, the coach for app calls uh timeout to ice the kicker the kicker missed that kick so oh, he, yeah, yeah. he they, the camera's on the coach and you can tell he's beating himself up and and uh so then the kicker goes out and misses it again right. <laughs> and that's what uh kept him from uh, North Carolina from winning so yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. No, App, App seems to have Carolina's number for sure. They can hang with them, but uh, you know if they turn them over to NC State, just sticking in our state, you know NC State's NC State. I thought was supposed to be good, man, but they yeah they're horrible. Their yeah. offense is horrible, and their defense which well, of is course they did lose they, their their quarterback. Sure, you know, he sure. transferred out. But uh, you know, speaking of the ACC, so not only is NC State looking bad, Clemson. They dropped out of the top 25 yeah. with a win. <laughs> yeah, true. But not, you know, they, they haven't won impressively. Uh, no, I think the 28-7 to 7 drubbing to Duke. Yeah, still, by that too. Yeah. Still obviously sitting in everybody's mind. But, you know, the ACC, you know, you got to give it to the ACC. The, the Florida teams. FSU is, FSU is definitely um, – the cream of the crop there, and Miami's looking pretty good. Miami, you know, Miami looked good. So. And Dykes, real good quarterback. And then, and then, then let's just switch over to the SEC. Yeah, the SEC struggling. We're, we're taking it on the nose. It's like SEC fans. It's like, <coughs> you know, is it is it just Georgia and nobody else? It's what it seems like right now. So, or do we? Let's just talk about the Bama game. You want to? Since we're yeah. Rolling into things. I mean, I gotta give I gotta give Texas all yeah. the credit in the world. That's off to Texas. I guess I'll go uh, horns up, <laughs> horns up. Yep. Since I did horns down, um, I wasn't incredibly confident rolling into the game, but yeah. but I, honestly, I uh, I never felt like we were we were in it. I, I, always, yeah. I always felt like we were going to be coming from behind, and if we won, it was going to be just because we're Alabama and we're going to luck out and win at the end but um you know i'm i've been reading online and, and listening to groups talk and there's a lot of talk about Jalen milro but to be honest with you uh i don't think we got quarterback issues as much as we do uh pass rush issues and left tackle you know our and our left tackle is a true freshman well but see so, where what i got an issue with is the ocs you know you saw that Caden Proctor, the Alabama left tackle, could not handle the speed rush right. that Texas was throwing at him. You got to make some in-game adjustments. You got to put a tight end over there to chip. Yep. 
or double team. Running back, you know, chill. Yeah, yeah exactly. you've got to change your play calling. You know, the beginning of the game, our, our O-line is huge. And at the beginning of the game, we were running it down their throats. We were effective. And then they went away from that and decided to get pass happy and not protect Jalen. And Jalen's weakness is he's indecisive. He's got to make quicker reads, quicker decisions, and then once he once he decides to bail on play, run just, the ball. Just run. Use that talent you have as a runner right. and go. Don't take four yards and go out of bounds. Run like you know how to run. But uh, but also in Jalen's defense, and I haven't rewatched the game. I need to rewatch the game and chart how many bad snaps he had to deal with. But Jalen had to deal with a number of bad snaps that basically takes his eye off of the defense for that split second mm-hmm. to find the football. And when you do that, you lose track of your of, of the player that you're watching that helps all the time and off. Well, it, you're, you're watching the safety post-snap to give you an indicator of what the defense is doing. And when you take your eyes off of that safety um, in, the, in the box, I mean, you, you, once, you, once you got your eyes back on and he's moved, it throws off everything, and so I just I just don't agree with putting it all on Jalen. I think no, I don't. I, I don't Jaylen's put it on Jalen. A quarterback we could win. I with. mean, he's still he's still developing. Like I said, he's got some things that he needs to improve. Like I said, his decision making uh, and and his decisiveness. Right. Uh, yeah, he, being he needs able to work to progress on through reads, and he did get a he did get a little he did get a little antsy in the pocket there. But how could you not when, I know, when right, you're exactly. under pressure on every drop back? Yeah, exactly. And that's why I, I bring it back to the OC and DC because football games, to me, are won and lost in the trenches. Whoever controls the line of scrimmage is going to control the game. And Texas controlled it on both sides of the ball. So we, when we were on defense, we got zero pressure zero. on Quinn Ewers. So what's Kevin Steele doing in-game adjustments, nothing. Uh, now he basically forced us to blitz a linebacker, which puts our secondary on islands. And, and you know, whenever you put your secondary on islands and you still don't get to the quarterback, then you get receivers behind safety. So I've seen so many Bama fans, and, you know, we can sit here and talk all night long about how crazy our fan base is and how uneducated, football-educated <laughs> a lot of our fan base seems to be. Because you know they, they you, some of them sort of miss these nuances of the game, and and you know we like to put our corners on islands. That's kind of how we've lived and died over these last fifteen years. Right, is, is putting you, our corners. But we've been able to get to the quarterback yeah, you, and force early throws. Yeah, you, 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 you should only throws. put them on an island for four seconds, not exactly. not six, seven seconds. Exactly, because you're not they're not going to be able to cover for that long. And at some point, I think we got to have the discussion of Dallas Turner may have probably peaked two years ago because <laughs> I know he set the edge well, and I know he played good against the run, and he did make some good plays, but he is not the pass rusher now, that they, we thought he They're going to probably have to go to these couple of these five-star freshmen that are you know yeah, that were brought in. Supposedly, he's not getting it done on the pass rush mm-hmm. side. I mean, he no. might be a good he might be a good run. Set the edge DN that we need, you know, pass or, or, or run protector, but he's definitely not an edge rusher at all. So, you know, and we had high hopes for him after his freshman season. So, 
There's a lot of realities I think Bama fans need to Oh yeah, need to need to I mean, realize. Obviously, everything's still in. It, it, it's a non-conference loss Boom. to a top five team, so the sky isn't falling yet. No, but no margin the, for error. That's where I was just about to go. The margin for error is gone. Right. Uh, no, we maybe nah, we probably got to run the table. Yeah. And upset Georgia in the SEC oh, championship. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, two losses, two losses will kill us this year because there's so to me there's so many teams that are right now looks to be like they're gonna they're gonna be able yeah, to the run only, the tables. The only way that they get in is if it's with two losses is if it's two losses but with an SEC championship. Yeah. So it would have to be one more regular season, but then beat Georgia. Yeah. So yeah, they they gotta win the SEC championship to get in. Yeah, because I mean, you look at our at this, our side, the SEC West. I mean, right now it's not looking too strong. No. I mean, unless you know an Ole Miss keeps running the table and climbs into the national picture, but LSU's already lost LSU's there. LSU's got a loss. A and M's got a loss. Yeah, I don't think Auburn's lost yet, but they haven't played anybody. No, but they're playing from way down in the pack to try to move up into you know the top twenty. Yeah. Another another decent. I mean, Auburn is still to me Auburn. I mean. They've, they, they, I think their defense is like 30 something in the country and they've played UMass and Cal <laughs> offensively. So, I mean, they, they might be pounding their chest over there because of their new coach. But. Speaking of Cal and Aaron Rodgers, did you see him in the Auburn gear? No. He, I lo- didn't. he lost a bet with one of his teammates oh, on the game. Okay. And uh, I didn't so see there was that. a picture of him on the internet all uh, decked out with an Auburn hat and Auburn t shirt. I didn't know there was. I don't know. I don't. I don't even in the. I didn't. Yeah, it didn't mention who the the player was, and I didn't even really care to look. But it was just. There's only a few Auburn guys in the NFL to really pick from. But no, it's just my little cheap shot at all. (laughs) Well, we fell to ten. What do you think? Is that too high? No, I don't think so. I mean, we struggled mightily. I mean, that yeah. loss can age well if Texas keeps yeah, winning. Yeah, Texas looked the part. But I'm, I'm a little surprised that, you know, we're still ahead of Tennessee's right behind us and they, they're undefeated. Um, yeah, but they've, they, haven't, they haven't looked exactly as good as they were last year. They don't, they don't look that part right now. So, I mean, 10th is fine Tenth's to me. 10th about right I mean, to you. 10th's about right to me. I mean, I mean, I, I could care less at this point. Yeah, I mean, the only, the only ranking that matters is the end of the season. <clears throat> That's it. We just gotta, we just gotta win. We have no margin for error, and I don't think we can lose another one because, like I said, the SEC West carries no clout right now with yeah. the voters. So, um, if we lose at any point in the regular season, our season's completely over. Unless, unless the whole NCAA world implodes yeah. and everybody starts beating everybody, which. It's got that feel. It could, you know, because for sure. they're they're really, you know, because even Georgia hadn't looked dominant in, in their cupcake games. Yeah. So you know, it it's, you know, it's got that, that feel. We said that last year too, though. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, did. we did say that last <laughs> year, and and it was true. I mean, it's not a it's not a wrong statement, right? They didn't look good last year, leading up into the meat of their SEC lineup, but then. As the season progressed, Stetson Bennett got better and better, and and so you know they did look the part. So, but you know they, I don't know that they could get in the playoffs with a loss because of how weak their schedule is. So they about have to run the table and win the SEC. 
I mean, I think their schedule is clearly going to hurt them, but I mean, I think, I think they have that. Golly, I don't even want to say it anymore. It's hard to say right now, but they have that that mojo. They have the mojo that that Alabama had uh, for the last decade, yeah. where we could do no wrong. You right. know, we our recruiting was so strong that the voters believed in our our players from from first string to third string, and Georgia's got that now. And, They've they've taken the mojo from us, and I mean it's up to us to take it back. I mean I'm good with I'm good with saying it because it's not a lie. You know there's a lot of Bama fans that fight that, but I mean if you're objective, uh-huh. I mean it's, it, the proof's in the pudding. I mean Georgia is at the top of the college football mountain, so I can I can handle it. I yep. can live with it. We've had a good run. <laughs> That's a toast. We've had a good run at Alabama. I don't want to say it's over, but you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be a little objective yep. with it. Um. Anyway, you got anything else from the college game? Well, I mean, I do. I do want to mention this. I don't know if you heard this or not, but there was more viewers for the Colorado. Nebraska game than any other game in the college. actually I, what I was reading today was the Alabama Texas game drew the most viewers well Fox Fox News said no nah, I don't know what publication I read yeah um, they said uh, we're 10 million viewers for well, that would, yeah, because yeah. It, it was nine it was nine like nine point something for the Alabama so if there was 10 million it was 10 million viewers is what I read for the Nebraska Colorado game so hmm. so that so Dion moves the needle oh yeah yeah everybody's intrigued on Colorado and the atmosphere for college game day was was insane or for for the Fox Fox Sport Fox Sports was at Colorado because game day yeah, was game in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, they'll be there um, next week. Yeah, so I mean it was it was live, man. It was nice to watch and see. And um, yeah, no, I you know I tell you I tell you I've been listening to uh, I can't even think of his name now. I've drawn a blank. Um, anyway, podcast. He was talking about the changing college landscape. Um, what's his name? What's his name? Anyway, you're going to have to cut this out of the podcast. McAfee? No. Clatt? Yeah, Joel Clatt. Thank you. God dang. When the camera's rolling, man, I just lose all the names in my head. Joel Clatt. Yeah, he's talking a lot about the changing of the college landscape. Nah, you can leave it in there. I look like a dumbass sometimes. It's okay. It's, Gotta keep it's, it the, real. Gran- it's the granddad Gotta talking. Gotta keep it real. Um, yeah, Clatt. Clatt's making a lot of good points. About the change in the landscape. You know, I used to not like that dude, man. I used to think he was a huge Buckeye homer, you know, but I guess he just rolls. He he rolls with the guys at the top. But did, didn't he play quarterback at Colorado? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so he's uh, he's definitely in on the prime yeah, thing. Yeah. I mean, and he's rightfully so. So, yeah, he played football at Colorado. And I just listening to his podcast, you know, he makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm going to bring some of his – podcast information in on the next one because I think you know this one's gone on a little longer but he's made a lot of <laughs> he's made out a lot of good points on changing the college landscape that that I think most of us need to start embracing you know because I know I read a lot about people fighting the the NIL stuff and the, the fact that players are appearing greedy now and you know he just makes a lot of sense from his perspective and I think they should have went ahead and went with went ahead and started the playoff, you know, 
you, you voted to change it, go ahead and change it rather than waiting until next year. <clears throat> yeah, I'm looking forward to the I'm looking forward to the playoffs. We might need to play off again this year <laughs> as an Alabama fan. It could be a dangerous low seed. Yeah. You know, really honestly, so I mean, you know, be interesting. Be interesting. What about a little NFL? You got any NFL? I mean, oh yeah, yeah. There's there's plenty of talk about there. The the rookie quarterbacks they all struggled. Uh, I'd say Richardson probably had the best game of the three. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> I mean, I thought Bryce Bryce didn't look horrible. I mean, he had a good completion percentage. Bryce looked like Jalen Milrow because the Panthers O line was mm. pathetic, and Bryce was running for his life the whole game. Well, not the whole game, but from the second quarter on. That's what – Did you – you watched the game, I oh, know. Yeah, yeah. What did you see in Bryce's eyes? What was your honest opinion of what you saw with Bryce? Yeah, it's still the same Bryce. I mean, he's still trying to make the plays. and He wasn't rattled, but I don't know how long he can keep playing behind that line and not start looking at the rush instead of the receivers. Yeah. And when a quarterback is looking at the rush and not the receivers – He's done. Yeah, he's toast. So, you know, I hope that doesn't happen to Bryce. I hope that, that uh, the Panthers fix their O-line problems. It, I don't know what it was what was up with my teams and offensive lines, but <laughs> Alabama sucked, the Giants sucked, the Panthers sucked. The only one that did good, which was supposed to be the worst of all of them, was the Dolphins. Hmm. But I think part of that was because Tua – was getting rid of the ball so yeah, fast. Yeah, and, that's, that's uh, insane but, how quick but, he gets rid of it. But he also took a lot of deep shots, and he had time to take the deep shots. So uh, that was the only O-line that actually protected their quarterback. Of course, I think they know we got to keep Tua clean if we want to have a chance this year. Sure. I mean, that's, and he proved what he can do when healthy. So Yeah, I mean, I think I think what is, what is he going in? Is this year three with? This is four. Well, year three with his coach. Second year. Second. And it's second. actually, this is his first year dating back to high school where right. he's got the same OC for right. the second year in a row. He's had a different one every single year at Bama right. and every single year up until this year. This is his first time where he's the second year in the same system. And he's got a coach that, that's Believes behind in him. him. That totally believes in him and that that wants to be his champion and designing his whole offense around him and you kind of see what he's capable of doing. I mean, the accuracy has never been in question. For him and Tyreek. Oh yeah, that's. And I saw an interesting stat today. It was a fantasy football stat, but it was showing Tyreek Hill's average fantasy points per week or per game with the three different starting quarterbacks he's played with. So with Tua, he averages like over 23 fantasy points per game. With Mahomes, he averaged like 18. Mm -hmm. And then with Alex Smith, it was like 14 or 16 or something like that. So And I traded him. <laughs> so it was real interesting, you know, because Tyreek caught hell when he joined the Dolphins right. and said, hey, Tua throws the best ball of any quarterback I've ever played with. And right. the proof is in the numbers. It is. You know, it, it's it's – it was definitely that, in the output if, on Sunday. If that young man could stay healthy, it, it'd be 
fun to fun to see what he could do, what he could accomplish. So well, going going back to, to stay healthy. Going back to Bryce, um, I saw something a little different. I think. I mean, to me, he looked. To me, his eyes looked very concerned. To me, he didn't look. I, I still say he was very uh, poised mm -hmm. in the pocket, considering the pressure he was up against. But I definitely saw a kid that was a little bit more rushed than what he was at Alabama. And I, you know, he never looked like a deer in headlights at Bama. But I kind of saw a few shots of him that made me think, uh-oh, he's He's starting to watch that rush a little bit yeah. more. I think towards the end of the game, he was Could he was definitely part of the reason for a couple of those picks. You know, not really picking up that that safety lurking in the middle. You know, because he was he was potentially worried a little bit more about that rush than he should be, mm -hmm. which concerns me a little bit for him because obviously, you know, he's a Bama guy, so I want him to succeed, but more so because of the kid that he is. I mean, I want him to. I want him to beat the rap that's been given well, you, to him you about can his still, size. Yeah, you could still see the escapability. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and and he never he never really took a big shot. Right. Um, yeah, he was under a lot of pressure, and was forced to get rid of the ball a lot quicker. And, a lot of inaccurate and, balls. And you know there was there was some so some miscommunication between him and his receivers. You know, when when the Falcons would bring the blitz, he would expect his receiver to break it off, so he'd throw that quick out. Right. Receiver would keep running because the receivers are, are new and young also too so they just got a lot of a lot of work to do a lot of growing to do Lo loc locally he's been getting beat up for two interceptions and in, in his first professional professional game and then you got Josh Allen, Josh Allen considered, yeah. he's considered top three quarterback in the NFL and he threw two three total three. picks but two horrible picks yeah that were yeah, the, the one the one was a, was a, was a great catch by Whitehead. But Absolutely, the, the yeah. first two it was just ill advised. Just, yeah, just poor decision by a, a top elite quarterback. Yeah. So at the same time, you know, you want to criticize Bryce in his his first ever NFL game. Well, you got you know veteran, uh, all pro veteran at that, making. Almost the same mistake. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, hell, look at Brett Favre. He led the league in interceptions yeah, like every yeah, year he played. It's crazy. I mean, Bryce, Bryce still has the the backing of his of his staff and and obviously his players. He's a team captain. Well, and sometimes voted as a team captain. Sometimes interceptions can be good. Like that first uh, Josh Allen interception last night. It was like a punt. You know, I right. mean, so it, it was third and long. He heaves one downfield. They intercept it. They got to start with the ball at what the six yard line or, or something like that. Yeah, inside. So I mean, it was. So sometimes there can be acceptable good interceptions, but then when you're forcing it in, in triple coverage, right? Those you got to do. Advised. You know, yeah, exactly. Then like you had the the Kadarius Tony, Patrick Mahomes interception. I think I think Patrick threw two interceptions too in that oh, yeah. game. Pick but, six, one of yeah, to Brian Branch. Branch. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Uh, that was the one. It, I mean, it, NFL, hit, Brian. it hit Kadarius Tony in stride in the hands. Mm. And there, there's a picture of it where there's nobody even in the picture except right. Tony. And the, they froze it right when the ball's like right here. And his eyes were closed. And the cap, no, it, <laughs> but the caption was, this was a pick six. <laughs> Sure enough, off his hands in the branch, pick six. So, 
Sometimes the Giants, the Giants players, ex-Giants players, were even screwing other teams up <laughs> this Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Your, your boys, man. I don't even. I, never, it was ugly. Was but ugly. you know, really, did you watch the whole game, or did you? Yeah, no, I watched. It? I watched it. But uh, hats off to you. You I know, the, the score man. made it. The score made it look a lot worse than it was because. The Cowboys' offense didn't really like Dak only threw for like 145 yards. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, defense, so it was you know scored twice. They had 50, yeah, they had 15 points or or what was it? I think it was 15. No, it was 16 points. The kicker missed his first extra point, but then he made the next one. So of their first 16 points, the offense did nothing. Right. You know, so the Giants are already 16 nothing in the hole, and then. They couldn't stop the, the Dallas pass rush. No, they uh, were coming from all over the place. And it was another Alabama lineman that was getting yeah. used, Evan Neal. Yeah, I think we're going to have to talk about the old bust on Evan Neal for sure. He's looking that way. Speaking of bust locally, let's talk about J.C. Horn. You know, we, were, we mentioned earlier in the pod that we were going to talk about all the injuries that yeah. occurred. Well, I think – How many games has he played for the Panthers? What it, he He's missed 18 total games, and in, in this is third year. And the and the Panthers passed on Patrick and it's Sertan. Only the, and it's only the first game of the third of year. Of the third year. So he's missed over half of the games. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, you know, locally I know it's not a, pop, not a very popular opinion, but here in the Charlotte area, I mean, I – I think we got to definitely consider J.C. Horn a bust at this point because your best Can't. your best availability no your best, best ability. ability is your availability availability and he's, he's not available none. he's always hurt it's always something foot what was it foot knee and now hammy anyway I think J.C. Horn's gonna go down as a bust Evan Neal's a performance bust mm-hmm. and J.C.'s a a body bust can't keep healthy. Yeah, speaking of keeping healthy, it was it was a it was a brutal weekend in the NFL. You had uh, not not just at far I mean far <laughs> Rogers go down with the Achilles. You had Nicobe Dean go down. You had J.K. Dobbins. He went down with an Achilles. Now Dean, I think it's a foot. Yeah, but they're saying it. You know, he's another one that he's a little. He anyway. can't stay healthy. He's tiny for linebacker. But he him and JC remind me kind of of the same, you know. They come they come out kind of injured coming out of college, and then because he was he missed like a year and a half at Georgia. Yeah, I don't I don't remember all that, but I know he's undersized for for his position. But you know who they signed to replace him? No, Rashawn Evans. Oh, sweet, well <laughs> uh, But yeah, he he seems to you know, and they they tagged Tua with the injury prone, but all of Tua's injuries are like freak. They're, right. not, they're not soft tissue. They're because two 300-pound linemen fall on you or yeah. you get slammed to the turf. and Those, to me, are freak injuries. Ankle, hip, and concussion. Yeah. So For two. So. And it's usually when he's trying to make, make something out of nothing rather than just throw it away and, and live to play another day. Right. Um, but uh, guys like Horn and Dean that just keep – Having these minor tweaks and uh, tearing Armstead, the offensive lineman for the Dolphins, he's another one that just right. always, it's like you might as well just uh, put them in permanent ink in the injury report because every week they're going to be on there for something. 
So, yeah, no. And then you got, and then you got a mountain of a man, Evan Neal, who just can't seem to block and anything. He's a freak of an athlete. Freak of an athlete, but, man. But uh, he just ain't figured it out yet. I mean, it's a different speed in the NFL, and you know, Alex Leatherwood was another Alabama O lineman that busted, and it's yeah. Live with it. Yep. Oh well. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, so, um, did you see uh, the walk-off punt return last night? Oh yeah. That yeah. Was, and did you see Chaz Surratt's oh. block? Well, I mean, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about Chaz. Okay, local guy for us. Chaz was a high school uh, right down the road. Phenom right down the road. I mean, I, state I champion mean, he, quarterback. He's flying down the field, and and he goes to dive and cut the dude out, and. And the dude slows down a little bit, and he gets he leg whips him a little bit. I mean, kicks just, that leg back a little bit. One call, so it's not a penalty. That's right. I thought it was a good block, Chaz. I'm behind <laughs> you, boss. I'm behind you. But the kid that uh, returned that punt, he was kind of. Did you watch? You watched some of the hard knocks this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he was a long shot to make. Yeah, the he roster. was an undrafted free agent, and uh, so they they kind of kept they kind of followed him during the the show, and he kind of was one of the stars of. Of hard knocks, so to see him make the team, you know they. I don't know if you saw the last episode. I didn't. Well, they tried. They kind of, they kind of played with him a little bit when they brought him in. I, I heard him and, and kind of like you know it's really hard uh, for an undrafted free agent to make the team, and you know you did a lot of good things. You put some good film on. You know, just kind of making it sound like, but you, you didn't make. You know and. Uh, but the, so they're they're building them up, building them up like they're breaking them down. I guess you could say. And uh, then they say, "And uh, you're a New York Jet," <laughs> and, and the kid just loses it because you know, I mean, dream come true. And and then to to have that walk off uh, punt return last night was was pretty awesome to watch. I enjoyed it was, that. It was. Awesome. I was glad it was him. You know, I don't want to see any more interviews with him though. I mean, his voices his voice but <laughs> little, I, yeah I guess Avery he, Johnson to him yeah yeah he was really he sounded a little bit different for sure but I was happy to see you know what he accomplished last night yeah that could end up keeping him in the league for a long time well you know it's, special role yeah it, it, if you have an ability to return kicks a lot of times you might bounce around oh yeah a bunch yeah, uh, you won't stick with a team for for a long time, right? But you'll definitely bounce around. And but but it. you'll keep getting paid. You you'll keep having a paycheck. Yeah, so. what's his name for? Uh, I don't even know who he's playing for this year. Dortch, Greg Dortch. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen his name. But he's on he's on a roster. I mean, mm-hmm. he's bounced around a lot with that same role. Yeah. You know? I mean, even the, there was carving a, out a good career. The one kid that was uh, he was uh, he made the Pro Bowl as. As a returner for the Dolphins, and then they cut him like the next year, and he had signed with somebody else. It's yeah. just, I guess they they're kind of disposable, but uh, usually land on their feet and find jobs elsewhere. So it's good to see. It was good to see. What else you got? Anything, man? I think I think that was the highlights. Definitely the highlights. Um, okay. Well, yeah. Why don't we uh, why don't we go uh, do uh, rate that shit and. Uh, do this whistle pick. Let's do it, man. We'll yeah, drink right. some more bourbon. Yeah. What up, bourbon buzzed and ballin'? It's time to rate that shit. This is the best part of the show. <laughs> Kobe, what that, we got? It's, yeah, it's not like we haven't been drinking bourbon all night long. Oh, I know. But, you know, we do get to try something we've never tried before. That's so true. So we do look forward to that. And what we're going to do tonight, last week, if you remember, we did a whistle pig piggyback the bourbon. 
Tonight, we're gonna do the rye. And this is 100% rye mash bill. Mm-hmm. Age six years. You can find us for $50, so nice price point. The proof is 96.56. Now the aroma, you're supposed to get cinnamon, black peppercorn, with a hint of tangerine and grapefruit zest. <laughs> okay. Okay, then your palate should be powerful spicy with cocoa cardamom and cured leather. Oh, long. And then your finish should be a lengthy finish with baking spices, vanilla, and then hints of that citrus. Mm. Man, I'm getting all of the above on that one. All right. I am all of the above. What you tell Let's, about uh, the... Let's talk about the rating system. Uh, one through four, one brown bag, that's usually something that we just, we don't like, we don't like to recommend it. Two for us is a mixture, mixer, probably something that is your stock bourbon. You like to drink it all the time. Three, it's getting better on the rocks. Might be a high proof like a rye. You want to dilute it a little bit. And then four, the tried and true, the best of the best. The way we like to drink our bourbon and that's neat. Um, in a Glen Cairn, so that's how we like it. A lot going on there. A lot going on. Like, I don't know about leather. I didn't get the I, leather. I, I did get the little hints of citrus. I got at the some end. citrus. I got and I got some, the spices up all, front. Always get some peppercorn. Some. I didn't some really heat. get cinnamon. I got some heat. Um, man, it's it's good. It is good, for for especially rye, for a rye. For a rye, that is really That's good. one of the best ryes I've ever yeah, had. Yeah, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say I enjoyed this, and we don't usually enjoy a rye very much. So yeah, for for our usual listeners, you know I'm not a rye fan, but this I this mean, is a good rye. There's a lot, a lot going on, and I'm I'm gonna jump out the gates with a four. I'm, that's what I was. That's I was gonna give it. Man. I was gonna give it a four too, because it being a rye. I'm going to give it a four because it's just good. It's good. <laughs> um, the price point is good. It's uh, it's gettable. You know, what, yeah, I, mean, yeah. what yeah. I mean by that is is you can find it anywhere. And that, that means a lot for us us in the Carolinas, right. for sure. Yeah, this one was easy to find. The the bourbon one, right. not so much. Right. I still can't find another mm-hmm. bottle of bourbon. I I've been looking. Either. But this is readily yeah. available. And then they've got a few of the other Whistle Pig Rise that are also available. But I wanted to do this one because it was the piggyback, yeah. which is you know the, the rye version of what we did last week. And we gave them both fours. So, yeah, so far, so I mean. You know, I've been true. wanting to try Whistle Pig because I keep hearing everybody talk about how good it is. I'm impressed, man. That, like Kobe said, there's a lot going on with this one. This one has a ton of flavor up front, a ton of flavor lingering. And really, honestly, for a rye, not a lot of heat. No, I mean not a at little, all. little peppery. And that's usually a little what peppery, but that's usually what I don't like about right. a rye is that finish because it kind of gets real spicy and and lingers with yeah, it. Yeah, give you a little burn. But this kind of finishes with that citrus to me. Yeah. And of course, I don't know if my taste buds are are back a hundred percent from either. from the COVID, either. but I, I think they're pretty. I don't know if my taste buds are good either. I'm gonna have to try it a little bit more. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this this is worth your this is worth your money. Yeah, I don't mind spending your money. It's <laughs> worth it. Go buy you some of this. This is good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and, and 
they've got a, a three pack of whistle pigs. I think you got one. Yeah, of them, yeah, the little the little minis. Uh, so you know, if you want to, if you don't want to commit to the, that one? I'm not sure. I didn't buy a, the three well, pack. I mean, I, I bought it just because it was minis. I yeah. Mean, who who goes into ABC and doesn't buy minis? Well, but I mean, it, you know, if if you don't want to commit to the whole fifty dollar bottle, for twenty five dollars you can get three of the whistle pigs and uh, try them out, and see what you like. Man, it's so good, man. Was vanilla on there? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, because I got big time vanilla right there. I'm getting vanilla and citrus is yeah. what I'm getting the most of. I like it. I don't know about leather, man. I just don't normally drink or you know eat what? leather. We and and these I pulled off of the Whistle Pig website. You know, I wanted to I wanted to know what what did they describe it, and uh, that's what they described it. I don't really get the grapefruit, but I get the citrus. Yeah, it's good stuff. Almost like a well, yeah, tangerine. Uh, is what I, is the citrus I'm getting. It's pretty color too. Yeah, yeah. It's it's aged six years. I don't know if I mentioned that, but uh, so it's got a nice dark color to it for for being aged that long. But it when, helps soothe the soothe the soul after getting our ass beat by Texas. <laughs> we might have to. Yeah, um, good stuff. We might have to uh, do a blind taste on some multiple whistle pigs. Oof. Yeah, I don't normally do too well on, on those blinds. <laughs> yeah, but you've been, this is season two, so he's got no excuse. I'm a he's not, he's, he's not a rookie anymore. His rookie status is gone. I'm a veteran bourbon so, drinker now. Yes. You're going to have to step that game up. Now, nah, my doctor told me I had to slow down a little bit on the bourbon <laughs> because I was getting a little too pickled. You like it? I do. Yeah. And I'm not. I, I usually don't like rice, but maybe I need to circle back around and. I think you're, you know, your palate, you're, you're growing, man. You're, you're growing. You're expanding. And I'm growing your, in the wrong direction. You're expanding <laughs> your horizons. I mean, I think the rise are now starting to blend down a little bit. You know, they're not quite as harsh as yeah. they used to be. You know, that used to rye was basically your introduction to bourbon drinking, whiskey drinking. Right. And that's what turned. Well, you know, you, you kind of. You had scotch and rye, and they they were both more similar, to, in my opinion, than than a rye and a bourbon. You know? Right, old man's drink. Yeah. So now that we're old, is it, <laughs> do I like bourbon now because I'm yeah, old? Yeah, is maybe. That really what maybe it that's is? why I like rye now. Maybe it's from these gray hairs. Of course, I've had them since high school. That's so. not even gray anymore. That's white. <laughs> Check this out. That's like. Like when he bent, bends your head down, you can't, like his head's invisible now. <laughs> it's opaque. That's not even gray. Like if I wore the hat this way, you wouldn't even know I was wearing a hat. Uh-uh, that just looks like your normal hair. Oh, I'm Give Powerade a little advertisement. Excellent show. Hey, you know what? I want a little more of this. Yeah, there I'm you go. I'm going to close the show with a little whistle pig. I'm going to finish off my old granddad so I don't get in trouble for alcohol abuse. <laughs> one of us has to drive. The other one, all I has to do is go upstairs. I got about a mile, two, two, <laughs> two mile drive. I think I can keep the car in the road, the truck in the road. Yeah. Am I slurring it's my pretty, words already? Yeah, not too bad. Okay. It's pretty straight. What you got? One, two, three, maybe four turns. You'll be all right. A couple more of these bourbons and we're going to go back to horns down, you <laughs> bastards. Yeah, I bet Matthew McConaughey was living right, it up. All right, all right. I know he was happy about it. I'm sure he pondered a few times about it. Hey, what can you do, man? Quinn Ewers, you got you got to give the the kid credit. 
he looked good. He looked real good. He looked good against us last year until he got hurt. Yeah, he did. Until he got hurt. We didn't hurt him. He got hurt. Yeah, well, I mean, they might they might be 2-0 and against us in these last two seasons if he didn't get hurt last year. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, it stings a little, but it happens. Can't win them all. No, no, we seem to be saying that unless, a lot Unless you're Georgia, lately. apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've been saying that a lot more lately. Can't win them yeah. all. Seems like we have to eat crow a couple of times. Of course, you know, neither you nor I are. No, we never. We don't come out the gates talking about we're going to win this, we're going to yeah, win no, that. Yeah, no, and even last week when we when we were horns down and scumbagging them, it was the administration. It had nothing to do with the football oh, team. yeah, sure. I you mean, know, it was about the treatment of our, our band and fans. So, no, there was no disrespect. No, not at all. So Not at all. And, I like to think we're objective. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm a Sark fan. Uh, <clears throat> he always raves about Coach Saban, and Saban talks highly about Sark. So I'm happy that, that he's – Turned his life around. Oh yeah, yeah. He he went through you know some struggles and right uh, cost him almost cost him his career. And then yeah. he, he went to the Nick Saban school co uh, rehab for coaching. And, uh, and he's a wonderful. I mean, everybody knows it. Everybody talks about. It. He's a wonderful play caller. Nick Coach Saban yeah. probably calls him the best. Yeah, great offensive and, mind. And he is he is good. I mean, you can definitely tell he's. Oh, he's three plays ahead of, of He had our defense on roller skates. I mean, <clears throat> our defense had their back to the line of scrimmage half the plays because yeah. they were still waiting for old man Steele to make a call and <laughs> Texas over there lining up, gashing us on, on a play. So, no, they uh, – well-deserved. Uh, that's an that's a interesting – That was that – was, they beat us. Discussion. It wasn't – wasn't, uh, I mean, yeah, we, we, we made some mistakes, but – Texas earned that win. I had that discussion with a couple of Georgia fans who were who were kind of digging at me about our failures over the last few years. And you know, a big part of Alabama's issues, in my opinion, this is this is Dutt's opinion, continuity issues is because our 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 head coach's coaching tree has been robbed for years of high quality coaches. I mean, Kirby hasn't really had to go through that yet. I mean, I know he lost Dan Lanning. Um, and Munkin. And now Munkin. So, so he's, starting to, he's starting to feel some of that. You know, when you're on top of the world, everybody Dabo. wants a piece of you. Yeah, yeah that's Dabo how I'm getting to that. Dabo really didn't have to feel that either until Oklahoma come calling for his D coordinator. And then once Venables left, now you see a kind of a dip in Clemson defensively and offensively, and he's dealing with a new OC now. Uh -huh. And so you're starting to see some of that because for years everyone's been, well, how come Bama's this? How come Bama's that? You know, well, you know, when you lose high-quality OCs and DCs to head coaching jobs. Annually. <laughs> every year you go through, you know, you have a quarterback like Tua who never has that continuity, that consistency. That's going to hurt you at some point. And it's definitely hurts you in recruiting. Um, and so, you know, I know it's it sounds like excuses, but those are facts. No, it, it, it's those definitely – and that's part of the reason Alabama was ranked one of their lowest rankings going into the season because they did have question marks at OCDC at quarterback. Right. That's three of the most important 
positions, so to speak, on the field. Right. And you and know, then if you and then if you miss on a few of your top recruits, which happens to every university, you end up missing on some. Look at look at uh, Georgia missed out on Eric Gilbert. LSU signed him, but Georgia wanted him. Bama wanted him. LSU swung and missed on Eric Gilbert. He goes to Georgia and then he transfers again, and, and he, so every he just got arrested too. He did just get arrested. Everybody missed on Eric Gilbert. Yeah. So I mean, you're gonna miss on some of these five stars because, quite frankly, not every five star is a true five star. Yeah. I mean, look at Arch Manning. He couldn't even win the job over Quinn Ewers, which Quinn Ewers is a highly rated quarterback in his own right, but. Ty Simpson, he's a five star. Ty Simpson's a five star, and and probably third on our depth chart. So, although I still think he's the best one. <laughs> we ain't been to no practices. We don't really know if he's the best one. We just kind of think he's the best one. Just wait and see. I still think Jalen Milrose got the ability to be a good quarterback, but my my history of quarterback <laughs> goes way back, yeah, and it's, yeah. it's not good. I tend to believe in kids a little longer than I should, maybe. <laughs> um, I try to I try to believe in them. I mean, I really think I really think. No, I'm Steve a fan. Bono I'm a fan of Miller. better than Steve Young. <laughs> I mean, I still think that to this day. No, I'm just kidding. I think Jalen Milrow has a lot of ability to be a high quality quarterback, but. The OC needs to recognize what his true abilities are and start calling plays. Yeah. Let's run Jalen Milrow a little bit more than what you want to. And I mean fit the plays to the player, not try to make the player fit the plays. He's built he's built to run read option and run quarterback draw. You know, if if I was Tommy Reese, I would make Jalen Milrow watch Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts. And Josh Allen, because those guys use their legs as weapons, and it's okay to do that as a quarterback. And I think he's got in his head that he wants to prove that he's a quarterback, that he's depriving himself of one of his greatest weapons. And if you watch, because I watched Jalen play this weekend, and I watched Daniel Jones play, and I watched Josh Allen play, if it ain't there. And of course, Josh Allen needs to quit taking so many hits. Well, he needs to quit trying to jump over players yeah. and taking hits that he's lowering his take. shoulder and right. plowing over people go out of bounds. But watching those three guys, they know they can do damage with just as much damage with their legs as with their arms. That's what makes them a dual threat, and that's what makes them nightmares for the opposing defense. Grasp that, own yeah. that. Yeah, I, I would. I mean, I think I think more along the lines of Lamar Jackson for Jalen Milrow. He's another I mean, one. Yeah, he's another one. You know, take take your five step drop, set your feet, and then go on on a lot of plays. I mean, I I, I don't mind working the pocket and stepping up into the pocket, but there's plays to call for that. Yeah, there was a there was a play in the Bama game. Texas was in man to man. Jalen broke containment and didn't take off and run. He would have run for days because yeah. all the defenders had their backs to him. He had the whole left side of the The whole field. left side, but he's, he still wanted to make a pass. That's where you got to just get outside. If you see daylight, eat it up. And you know, 10, 15 years ago, you did have to prove to NFL execs 
Yes, you could be a pocket passer. Yeah, but not anymore. That day is over yeah. with now. They, yeah. Nobody cares about that. It's they all, still want to see you refined in your five-step, seven-step seven step drop and being able to throw with mechanics. They want accuracy exactly. and, and, but, and anticipation. But if you can if you can move the pocket enough and then and then go off schedule, I mean, if you can go off schedule and make stuff happen, look at Anthony Richardson. Yeah. I mean, how does a kid like that get drafted so high? You know why? Because he can go off schedule and make plays happen outside the pocket. And that's that's a good that's a good good one to one for for uh, because their skill set. Milrow is every bit as yeah. talented as yeah. Anthony yeah, Richardson. Yeah, their their skill sets are, are only, very similar. The only difference is height, height and, and a little bit of weight. But Jalen's strong. He's built to handle hits. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't, I just don't understand the play calling personally. I mean, I, it's easy to second guess, but honestly, I, I just don't understand not, not designing the offense around his total skill set, mm-hmm. and not pigeonhole him into some perceived idea of what a quarterback ought to be. Square peg. It's crazy. Yep. All right, well. I think it's time to wrap up episode deuce. I think we might have episode two and three out of this <laughs> one if we want. Well, you know, it's a podcast. We can talk as long as we want to. If it's true. Y'all get tired of listening to us, come back next week. That's it. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for episode two. So, cheers. Cheers. <laughs>